Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name's Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack and I'm recording this on Friday the 17th of February 2017. Now if you're a regular listener you'll know that we generally make these podcasts about individual conversations between me and like one or two magazine makers Um, but every now and then we throw in a longer episode which is a live recording and that's what we've got this week. So uh, I was in Amsterdam on Monday the 6th of February and I was speaking to a bunch of the magazine makers there about the stuff that's going on there. So this week we've got Kirsten Algera from MacGuffin magazine, uh, Simcart and Tom Janssen from Fortine magazine and Mark Robermond, the buyer at Ateneum News Centre. Mark in particular is a real font of knowledge on independent magazines in general, but particularly uh, independent magazines in Amsterdam. And it was really interesting hearing him speaking about the sort of stuff that he's actually selling there at the moment. Um, A bit of a spoiler alert, it turns out that dogs, cats and nudity, uh, but without pubic hair, are kind of the, the big sellers, according to the panel. We had a really great atmosphere on the night and you'll hear that the audience, I don't know if this is a Dutch thing generally, but the audience would just kind of chip in with questions and statements and things. But I think that it it really works for the event as a whole. Uh, I have one little apology, which is the recorder was actually on the table in front of us. So unfortunately, you've got a lot of beer bottles being put down and people thumping the table as they're making a point, which is a little bit distracting, but I hope not too annoying. I think the overall impression that I was left with from the night was just of the freshness. And I think particularly coming from Sim and Tom talking about the question of why you even make a magazine at all and, and like really challenging themselves to come up with interesting new things to do. So I hope that you enjoy this episode of the Stack Magazines podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. Um, welcome to this Stack Live event in Amsterdam. Um, I've been wanting to come to Amsterdam to do an event like this since the Stack Awards last year. So at the end of last year, we had the Stack Awards and the magazine of the year uh, was named as MacGuffin. And so we have Kirsten Algeria here from uh, MacGuffin. Uh, Art Director of the Year was uh, given to Fortune. I know I didn't say that right. Fortown. You did right. Fortune. Fortown. 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 Yes. We could go on like this all night. But so, the, so that magazine. So uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, Tom Janssen and Simcat here um, from that magazine, um, and. There are also tons of other really interesting magazines um, coming out of Amsterdam at the moment. I think looking at something like this from the outside, it's kind of difficult to gauge. Like, is there really something interesting happening there? Or is it just like a small group of engaged people? And the tickets for this night sold out ridiculously quickly. So I think like you've proven to me at least there is like definitely stuff going on here. Um, and I think the, the best man to talk to us about that uh, is Matt Robermond at the end is a buyer for uh, Ath- Athenaeum New Centrum? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I mean, I would, I would guess that like if anyone um, 
is going to know like what's going on with magazines in this place, Mark. It's you because you're literally here the whole time, buying them and selling them. So I want to start with you, and I, I want to say, like, what in your opinion, like, what are people buying in Amsterdam at the moment? Um, well, the Gentlewoman and Fantastic Men are uh, probably the most uh, popular titles. Um, and independent magazines that McGuffin is doing very well, uh, Flaneur, Dog. So people are really following um, the blogs and everything that's online. And they come to the store for that. And they also come to browse and find new things that they don't know yet. Um, so a lot of fashion magazines, that's the, the biggest part we sell. And um, yeah, Dog and McGuffin are doing really well. Flaneur. And so, mm. so Dog is a magazine that's come out of London, I think? Yeah. And it's all about dogs? It's only about dogs, yeah. And each issue, they focus on a different special breed? Exactly. So you've got, you've got like a niche, which is people who love dogs, and you've got a niche within a niche, because you've got, was it the Stabby Hound or something? The yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's going down well here in Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah. That's but you, you, you also told me once that there's a trend with animal magazines as well pet magazines yeah there's isn't it? there's a, a a wave of pet magazines but that's already i think two years ago i think that that happened then now it's more mm. uh feminist independent magazines that uh, that's coming up last year um and dog came a little bit later than the wave um mm. but they are uh, very successful more successful than most magazines of the wave i i would i would say yeah cool all right I should, like, so uh, the Stabby Hound, yeah. I think, is from somewhere in the Netherlands, isn't it? Yeah, Friesland, yeah. Okay. So. I wonder whether maybe that has something to do with... Uh, I think the cover is really good. It just has a very friendly dog on the, on the cover. <laughs> and just dog. It's very simple, but it works. I think simple covers uh, are, are... You know what you're going to get with that magazine. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and the, like, so uh, Mark and I met a couple of years ago when I came to the shop and, and did an event there. And the thing that struck me is that you, so you've got this like beautiful like center of publishing generally. So there are lots of bookshops and a book market and things. And you've got the independent magazines right in the center of that. And if I think of like London, the, in London we have like Charing Cross Road, which is the books road. But there are no independent magazines anywhere near that. It feels like this is a city that has, these magazines are actually integrated they're, they're in the heart of things yeah um, I think it's Atenaim is really a hub for magazines in general and I think for the independent magazines it was an easy place to find and to uh, to, to try out what the magazine would do for an audience um, so that's why we get a lot of magazine makers to the shop with their uh, title uh, to see how many copies we want and if we can promote it and um, so I think it's an easy choice for magazine makers yeah. Are there a lot of people coming in? Like yeah. like showing their magazine and like, can you sell this for us? Yeah. What, what's a lot? How many per month? Um, I just want to get it. I just want to get a say five per month that come into the shop. Show and a new then we magazine. Get, yeah, and then we cool. get a lot of emails and people send magazines, of course. But I think it's like five people, hmm. like something like this. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So you're s sort of like a curator. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that up? now on, on like last year or has this been fairly steady kind of no it's getting more and more like every year there are more magazines not only in the netherlands but generally it's uh, really overwhelming to uh, keep track of all the titles and to look at uh, the, the most interesting ones the ones that will sell of course 
because sometimes you have a magazine that you really like, but you would only sell two copies and then it doesn't make sense uh, to give it the, then the platform. Um, but it's going up for sure, yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of work for us. We work in a team uh, with Anneke, my colleague. We, uh, we uh, try to look for the new things and uh, yeah. It's and Kirsten, it sounds like you've kind of hit on something there. So, the, so MacGuffin is a magazine that Mark loves and it sells. Mm. So you, you've got this Venn diagram thing going on of like the, the crucial place to be. <laughs> <laughs> it all yeah. started at the name, that's true. Yeah, no, I don't know. But uh, no, sorry. <laughs> so, so can you, for anyone who doesn't know the magazine, can you tell us what it's about? Um, it's about the life of things, that's the subtitle, and I think that really describes what it is. And um, the, the title is coined from um, Hitchcock who invented a word for objects that set the story in motion. And um, we, uh, Ernst and I, we make the magazine together and we are both from the design world, architecture world. And we were so amazed that um, all the design platforms talk about iconic design and VIP design. And there's nothing about, uh, or not much about the use of things, the afterlife of things. So we thought, um, let's make a magazine. <laughs> and um, MacGuffin seemed to be the perfect title because it's about those things that generate stories. That's what we wanted to do. And, um, and of course, we've, we visited Athename a lot when we started to look at other magazines. And we were quite discouraged when we saw all, all those um, fantastic magazines, yeah. but um, <laughs> but we we just did it, and I mean we didn't think about if we were special or if we were something that um, the market was waiting for. I mean we hope that we um, maybe this sounds a little bit strange, but we invent a public for the magazine instead of f focusing on a public that is already there. But, but why then make a make a magazine if you if you want to do something with the life of things and uh, what the why make a magazine? Why not a book or maybe a poster? I don't know. Well, because I think uh, the magazine is, is like the perfect little exhibition that you can take with you and keep. And, and so we, we, of course, we, we did think of other forms as well. And everybody yeah. was telling us, okay, make an exhibition, make a website. Mm. Why do you make a magazine? But then we thought, well, we, we wanted to have a longer life. And it's not about news, so I think it's not really fit for a website. There are longer reads in it. So those are all things that a magazine is, is good yeah. for. Yeah, and you're still putting a lot of different kinds of stuff in there, of course. Also yeah, I, I think it's like a printed exhibition in yeah. a way. Yeah. It's something also that you can so. keep yeah. and, and... It seems to be also like an archive, the magazine. Mm. It's like uh, everything can come in and it's just based around this one object. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I think uh, it, that's a compliment to me because I think we want it to be like an archive and a, a very organic, grown archive um, that people can use after publication as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so far you've had the bed, the window. Yeah, it's always themed, an object. Mm -hmm. And um, we started with the bed because it's the beginning and the end of everything and <laughs> it's also uh, for most people uh, anyway and uh, it's also like this object that designers try to avoid a little bit because it's difficult to mm. do something with so if you go to like the furniture um, Salone del uh, Mobile Milan the furniture um, 
thing, then it's uh, full with um, chairs and with tables, and there's no bed because it's difficult to design, I think. So that was the first one, and then the window, because we wanted something more abstract, and then we thought, let's not be abstract and do something that is a material, so that was the rope. And now but but even, even with that, you say not abstract, but I remember reading in the, at the front of it, you said mm. something like, nobody ever looks at the rope because the rope mm. itself doesn't have form. Mm. It gives form to other things. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's you're asking quite a lot of a reader, I think, mm. it, even from that. Yeah, well, what we were asking is to look at the objects uh, or the materials and, and, and see it from another perspective and, and hear things about objects that are mundane, you know, and, but can be very exotic in a way as well, in, in the way that they are used. So that's what interests us. And I hope it's not too abstract what we're writing, because we try to do it in a way that is sometimes whimsical and sometimes light and sometimes in-depth. But and that's the trick, it's the, yeah. is, is taking this quite high concept but delivering it to people in a way that's so accessible. Yeah, that's what we try. Mm. Moving on to you guys, you start with something that can be quite high concept and then you kind of kick it up a bit further. Let's, let's, let's make this thing a bit stranger. Let's make this thing a bit more mm. unusual. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not meant to be more unusual. I, it's just that um, that's why I ask you. I, I, I'm curious to why people start making magazines out of stuff. I mean, you gotta have some kind of content or concept to make a magazine. But then, uh, when we started thinking about okay, we we pick a theme or we pick a concept and we start wrapping this stuff around a magazine, you always think like, okay, so why make a magazine? I mean, you can do anything, so why make a magazine? So that's a problem. And so what, what do you come back to? So why make a magazine? Yeah, actually, we're, tr we're trying our best not to make a magazine. A magazine is more of an excuse to just try out different stuff. And, and, you know, sometimes more than half of the magazine is digital stuff that is attached to the magazine. But... Um, a magazine is the most easy thing to sell, you know. So but when you buy the magazine, you get a lot more, you know. So that's just. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think just the some money sells. It's but kind of a wrapping show of an entire, uh, yeah, idea that you buy. So, so put some flesh on the bones for people. For anyone who's not seen it, tell us about the last couple of issues. So, how, like, how did you go about making this magazine that's not a magazine? Yeah, so yeah, first we just stapled together some, some A4 papers, just like that. And then we started, and then, then there were, then were, then there was this, yeah, then there was Nanda, she, she was, an, uh, she was doing an internship with us first. Uh, she was studying photography and then she just came on board and, and she was like, okay, so uh, we were all the time saying, okay, just make stuff and we'll bundle it together and we have got a magazine, right? And, uh, she says like, okay, but I can't just make stuff up. I need something just to start off with, you know? Uh, so she came up with all thinking about all strange concepts to fix stuff together. And we're like, ah, okay, so this is pretty neat. Okay, so uh, the last couple of issues we were, I mean, like the last five, I guess, we were trying a bit more like, okay, maybe we can get other things uh, in the bag. We're, also, we're always selling Fortein in a bag. It's just, it's just a, a grip sack, you know? It's, you, you can seal it <laughs> off. And, uh, uh, and 
we're trying to put other stuff in there. So we we made a, a very small issue and it's called it's called bonsai and we put a little magnifying glass in there so you can read it. Or uh, we made just a gigantic poster which you can bustle together with all the uh, loose sheets were in which are in the back. So yeah, we're, we're trying like make something else out of a concept and uh, then think back to okay 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 so okay we got this concept but we still need to i mean we we will try to put it in the bookshelf you know yeah and so for the most recent one you had something that looked like a set of medical records so so uh, a girl's medical records that seemed to be just kind of like loosely thrown in together and actually when you started to open it you realized that this thing had been painstakingly put together because all these pages overlapped with corners sticking out that interlocked to create one incredible spread in the middle and then you'd get all sorts of little kind of surprises. I mean, how did you do that? Did you literally put that together by hand? Yeah. <laughs> it was put together by, every page was folded by hand and then stapled together. Yeah. Right. How long did that take you? Um, a few days. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, there's, so this yeah, this it's this uh, it's this a medical record, and um, uh, so we thought, okay, um, so medical record is messy, so every page has to be a bit different, folded inside of it, and uh, when you start by that, you can think, okay, so it's just like they're they're s like scheef, you know, they're the scoot or I don't know what to call it, skewered, uh, yeah, skewered so from the audience, <laughs> say that. Yeah, great. So yeah, it's a bit skewered every page and you can think okay so I'll just do the regular spread and then turn it a bit and put it on an angle uh, but when you start doing it you see like ah, okay I can do other stuff as well so yeah this 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 one worked that th this issue worked like a painting you, you start off with something but the paints already on the canvas so you can go back so you really have to continue doing stuff you're doing yeah I see it's an amazing piece of work and so the it, as I say you won the um, uh, Art Director of the Year Award at the Stack Awards, and so we, we had the judging session. We had Debbie Millman, president of the AIGA, and she was literally blown away. Like, she would not have considered any other magazine for the winner of this award because she was saying, like, this, this is what we're supposed to have here. We're supposed to be seeing things that people are doing. So, I mean, you've, like, you've totally cut through at that level. I wonder, do you feel like because you went to English a couple of issues ago. Are you trying to now reach even more people? The, like, you know, beyond Amsterdam, beyond the Netherlands? What, what do you want to do with it? Yeah, I think if you, <coughs> yeah, if you go beyond, you, you know, Dutch, then you, then you can achieve so much more as an audience that uh, it, it will be illogical not to do it, yeah. But it, obviously it's harder to do, um, but you know, we just hired a translator, and uh, so now it, you can, uh, you know, send your magazine all over the world. And now I think half of what we sell is international. So really? It, that was definitely a good move, yeah. And so, and how do you get those mags out to an international audience? 
PostNL, it's called. <laughs> Just, uh, we, I, go, I, I go every week to the post office and, uh, and, Actually, and, and I've, to, I've printed yeah. out all the addresses yeah. and we send it out. Just to get something clear, I mean, we're not good at distributing stuff. <laughs> I mean, we're, we just make the stuff and we're getting like orders from China and we're like, oh, okay, cool, let's send it to China. And that's it, you know, we're not great at doing this stuff. So, I mean, you what you're doing with Sampler helps a lot. We just send you everything and you send it around <clears> the world. So that's it. Yeah. That's 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 really great. I mean, but you yeah. don't consider working with a distributor. Um, yeah, we should probably do that. But <laughs> yeah. we, we do we, we do best at cre doing creative stuff and then you know more commercially minded stuff or uh, financially we're not that. Um, yeah, we well try developed. to try to have one hour every week to do commercial stuff and then <laughs> that that's it. So yeah, it's, it's commercial urgent. Uh, okay. Matt, what yeah. about you? Do, so do you um I mean presumably with these guys you've just worked directly, you'll yeah. take the mag from them and sell them. Yeah. It, like do you prefer to work like that or would you rather work to a distributor because then you just have like one invoice to pay and mm. of course it's uh, easier um, to pay one invoice, but it's nice to uh, work directly with the magazine makers because um, they come to the shop and it's nice to see the new issue and discuss it. I remember uh, Tom coming in with this issue that was just uh, a card with a web address on it and people had to go to the internet <laughs> and go read the magazine online and I really had to discuss this with him uh, like how are we going to sell this this is eight euro and <laughs> I don't know yeah, it we was really just it was just a phone board that, that had a thing yeah. attached to the back so you could put it on your nightstand or something like that and it was a QR code and a, a, and a URL and yeah. a picture of uh, a naked girl on it because yeah. that's what we did back then. And it sold out, so and uh, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably that's why it sold out. Yeah, unfortunately, because we had to really explain customers what they were buying. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. so in this case, it's really nice to discuss this strange um, thing they made, and uh, it's nice to follow what the magazine makers are doing. Uh, we organize a lot of events in the shop with editors, um, and we invite the other editors from the magazine. So then you see more what kind of scene is going on in Amsterdam and if they know yeah. each other. So I, I, pref I would prefer to work directly, definitely, yeah. And, yeah. and obviously, I mean, so we've got a success story here in that, like, you know, this has worked like a piece of foam board led to something else to something else. You must inevitably see a lot more stuff that doesn't quite make it. Yeah. Nerv nervous <laughs> laughter from Max Collins. <laughs> yes, of course there are a lot of magazines that don't make it. No, that that are not uh, interesting enough, or they um, they start with a good idea, but then after two or three issues, it's just not being picked up, or they just make an, an issue with a really bad cover, and then they're gone. The cover is super important. Mm. Yeah. So do you, do you have like top three tips for magazine makers what to do with your cover? Uh, n not so dark. Um, yeah, it has to reflect a little bit what the magazine is about. Um, yeah, so n dark doesn't work. Wow, that's yeah. okay. That's good advice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like, mean, like right? How would else would you figure out? Yeah, and the yeah. dog, for example, it it, it works. Just a cute dog, and then it's, people go straight to. But that's really commercial side, of course. Um, What's that? Play dogs or naked ladies. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Or, yeah. or cats. cats. Yeah, I mean, cats would cats work better, even better. better yeah. Yeah. But naked White is cats. okay? Or? Na yeah. Naked is okay, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because we it's had a naked cover, the first one. Yeah. And then we went to our dear books, and he said, well, if you want to distribute in Asia, 
get rid of the pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> so we took the photo with the little knickers yeah, yeah. from Jürgen Teller instead of the pubic hair. Oh, yeah. yeah. You really <laughs> took another picture for that? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we phoned Jürgen Teller yeah. and said, Jürgen, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. But then print magazines are just like the internet, you know? It's just uh, nudity and cats and no pubic hair. <laughs> and then it sells. <laughs> it's kind of depressing. Uh, that, yeah. That's it, yeah. Okay, so no dark colors? No illustration? Uh, illustration works, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, sure. Okay. I thought I heard that the last apartamento with the illustration wasn't that... Yeah, that didn't work so well, but then yeah. the new one worked works really well because it's bright and... Yeah. Yeah, it worked a lot better, but it's also an instinctive thing that you see a cover and you think, okay, this will sell or not. I think mm -hmm. everybody in the team, we all agree always if, if we think a cover uh, sells or not, and we are usually we are right. <laughs> the, this yeah. is the so I, I, the on the stack Instagram. Most days we put a cover mm. on there, mm. and as much as anything, it's because I'm just always fascinated to see mm. the the ones that because you get such a direct response. Like the mm. people like it or don't like it, and you like I I personally can never guess it. Mm. I'm I'm wrong so often, yeah. thinking like people are gonna love this, and then it's silent. Do you tell that si silence from clicks? Or what do you judge so, so just so likes, so the just just likes on Instagram, and it, I mean like obviously that's a very blunt object to use to try to appreciate something, and obviously like now Instagram promote um, posts more to certain people, and obviously so it's totally not scientific, mm -hmm. but um, it always surprises me. Mm. Apart from when you get like the gentlewoman. I mean, if I put a gentlewoman cover up, I know it's going to get 300 likes in the first day. Mm. And I'd be surprised if it didn't. Mm. So what are the gentlewoman that? doing that's so right? You said the name. I, I think the graphic design. <laughs> I think it is. And if they've got this format, of course, with always the bright color and the black and white photo. In the Although middle. it broke out of that as well. Yeah, sometimes it broke out, yeah. But uh, I think it's it's also the the... the, the yeah, the rhythm of it. The graphic design is very important. There's also I think. a real gap in the market for magazines for women that don't like fashion. Mm. Like I, uh, I haven't bought a Vogue or Elle or Grazia or any of those since I was 14, maybe. Mm. And I always find the magazines that I want to buy in the men's section. Well, I mean, like, like Mark said, I think that I mean, women's magazines and specifically feminist magazines last year really took off there were i mean there was lots of interesting stuff happening around that um and i think it's quite nice to see you know uh, can you see independent magazines as a little bit of a bellwether for what's going to happen in broader culture so yeah, you know this year we yeah. have the women's marches around the world and the you know that was kind of like bubbling there yeah you guys have a general election next month right mm -hmm. yeah. are you like the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you we probably thought you were going to escape that subject tonight. I mean, the like, it, is the are independent magazines like? Do they have a role to play in that, or do you see that as something that's completely? Separate? I think it should more. Independent magazines should be an antidote to, you know, everything that's about the general election and stuff like that. At least that's how I treat it. It's like, you know, I, I work in journalism also, and at the end of the day, it's nice to just find a magazine that is about rope or something like that <laughs> and not be you know well Trump, our next Trump, issue Trump, is, Trump, is about the sink know. so that, that is <laughs> sink. how we feel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. yeah just flushing it down yeah okay yeah. <laughs> trying to not flush down yeah, yeah. 
I don't mean that. So you know, no, but it, yeah, go. of course. No, I mean I get what you're saying. It's always about uh, the zeitgeist thing. I mean, making magazines is always uh, giving an idea about, and and of course now. Uh, sexism is a huge thing in the Western world. The people start thinking about it a lot more, and of course, you get feminist magazines uh, as well. Um, but I mean, yeah, you can't really link it to politics because politics is mostly—I mean, the uh, let's call it just propaganda coming out of politics. It's just just focused on people who don't read magazines. Mm. So yeah. Um. So we, like we, the, the room keeps filling with more people, and I feel like there are, I feel like there are going to be questions that people want to ask from the audience. So bear that in mind. I'm going to come to the audience in just a minute to see if there are questions. But so we've talked a lot about the good stuff of being here in Amsterdam. So you've got this like actual scene that actually has things going on. What are the problems with being here? With Producing in Amsterdam or living in Amsterdam? Making a magazine. <laughs> we, we can go broader if you like, but yeah, I was thinking about yeah, making a magazine. Walking yeah. in Amsterdam. Yeah. That is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Nobody does it. Um, I don't see. I, I'm not sure if it's very different from other places apart from the fact that um, I think, like you said when you started this, um, this uh, meeting, is that um, Amsterdam has a, has a long, or the Netherlands have a long tradition in magazine making. Um, and that is something I think is very connected to the grant system we had for funding arts and design uh, in the Netherlands. Um, and, but that has changed in the last 10, 15 years. So it's not that different, I think, the whole climate here than it is in other European cities where there's, there's no subsidies anymore for magazines. Um, they are getting back a little bit, but um, yeah, and, and I think, I mean, we're all so globalized, of course, and um, everybody speaks English in Amsterdam, <coughs> so that's not a problem either. I don't see it as very different, apart from the fact that, of course, there is a long tradition, and that's perhaps why the name is there as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think this week is the week in which um, the first Dutch magazine on art, the style, um, was um, made 100 years ago. And um, so it's it's a long tradition. Um, the first very magazine, of the, sorry to interrupt, but the first magazine, the style? Devoted to, to art and, and design. From the style? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it's always been very connected to graphic design and art in the Netherlands, and that, that made it flourish in a way. Um, but at this moment, I, I, don't, I don't know how you think about it, but Mark, I think it's not so different from other cities in, um, in Europe. Um, I think there are quite a lot of uh, independent magazines coming from Amsterdam in the Netherlands at the moment. Um, I think as a scene, I think they are very um, independent and very stubborn as <laughs> you guys here. Um, and independent in the sense that they don't like to work with distributors. If you propose it to them, like maybe you want to work with a distributor, it can grow bigger, you can get a bigger audience. They say no. They know exactly what they want, what the magazine is about. good example is Ordinary Magazine. When they came in, I was really um, surprised by how uh, much they knew about the magazine already when they just had the first issue. It was a very strong uh, concept. And um, they, they didn't. This is the one with the 
Yeah, they the take also inside? one object. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. So, so the last issue is about socks. There's a sock on the cover, attached on the cover, and the artist inside make, made work <laughs> with socks. Um, and um, so they, they were very uh, clear about what they wanted, uh, where they wanted to sell the magazine, uh, what it was going to be like. They also don't really talk so much about the magazine, and um, it speaks for itself, for sure, so maybe you don't have to talk about it. Um, so I think these kind of attitudes from magazines uh, I see a lot in uh, in the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think also, yeah, I think it's, I mean, uh, we were coming here talking about magazines in Amsterdam and I was like, okay, so I only got my own aisle there and you probably got your own. I mean, I don't know about other people, but there's not a lot of events, people coming together and uh, like talking to each other with uh, or about about making magazines. And uh, also, I, I talked to you, uh, I mean, early uh, in early, uh, I mean, a year ago, mm -hmm. and you were talking about, yeah, we got a distributor and we're doing this and that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, so this this can also happen. You can also just do this, mm -hmm. all right? And and then we stopped talking about it, you know. So I mean, maybe people could be more in contact, the makers could be more in contact and be less, I mean, we could probably be less stubborn about distributing, but maybe also distributors could be more like, we're here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know where to find them, you know? So, well, yeah. distribution is really a problem, I think. Okay. Yeah. Can I comment on that? Yes. Because I think it's, it's the history of distribution that still has to change, and you make a change in it, but before distribution was just moving paper and not content. So distributors were not interested at all in what you wanted to say with your magazine. Mm. They just moved it around. And that's, they still have to change. I think we are in the forefront, and they are still somewhere yeah. there, mm. and it's slowly not changing. It's <laughs> an industry which should change, or you know, people here, should start our own uh, independent magazine distribution like Antenna did in, uh, in uh, England and mm -hmm. some people do now. So I think the problem is more there. Mm -hmm. That it's a whole uh, business that has to change. I think you're right. I think that you look at these magazines and you're looking at 21st century businesses, like inherently 21st century. They're built on the internet. The you know, your your contributors are sending you stuff from wherever they are in the world. You're building this magazine together mm -hmm. using these digital tools. That you know, 20 years ago, it would have been a lot harder for you to do this than it is now. So. All, the internet has done that for the actual making, but we're s we still hit this point where you have to go to a big company that is owned by one of the big publishers, so it doesn't really understand how to deal with you because the so yeah that's that's a yeah problem. I think that's right and there's also a, bi a big leap between you know doing the distribution yourself and then going to a distributor. In between there is still you know a gap that I think is hard to. Uh, get over. Mm -hmm. but do you f do you feel like a distributor? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm Stack is way more a distributor than it is anything else. You know, mm -hmm. we're we're not. I make blog content, but I don't make a print magazine. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so and you're f also feeling like an internet company. Oh, uh, and yeah. again, yeah, totally. Like the yeah. you know, st until last year, Stack was run out of my loft. Like <laughs> it, had, yeah, it literally course, had yeah. no physical location, mm -hmm. and now it has two desks 
yeah. in Somerset House. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, I mean, no, it's like it is. Stack is a website. Mm. Yeah. Well, and then of course you also have the um, the magazines that try to invent a, a very different kind of distribution, like um, Works That Work does, who do peer-to-peer distribution. Um, so they yeah. have got this great uh, page this on their cool website platform, where yeah. you can see how many kilos someone has left in his luggage mm -hmm. when he flies somewhere, and you can give the magazines to take uh, with them. But it's very, I think it's very. Um, well, it's a difficult system if you have little time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I know, I think that that is a, a brilliant idea. Yeah. But I guess the, the problem is, how do you go from that which Peter is making mm -hmm. work for Works at Work into something that you could just say to any independent publisher, hey, I love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Come and join this thing and let's get your magazine in front of more people. No, it's, yeah. it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I said I was going to ask for questions from the audience. Hands up for anyone. Um, you were mentioning before that when you see these magazines, when you see them, you clearly know what is going to sell and what isn't going to sell. So my question is more focused on what sells, and that meaning is what sells, at least for me, is maybe subjective, but what sells is what I find interesting to keep on reading, whether it's because it's a very interesting theme or the editorial content is very interesting, but then in a nutshell, like what would you think from your experience, what sells now? Yeah, um, so I was talking about the cover. We, we instinctively know which cover would work better than other covers sales-wise. Mm -hmm. So um, you can be surprised. Sometimes a magazine comes in and you, you think it's just too expensive and then one week later it's gone. Um, and it's really nice to see. Uh, it always makes us really happy, especially when we like the magazine a lot. But what sells at the moment is are magazines that are very distinctive and that have a very clear character. <coughs> that are like MacGuffin <coughs> or Flaneur. They, their, their concept is just um, it, it hasn't been done before. Um, it, it, it just really has a clear personality as a magazine and I think those <coughs> magazines are interesting on the long term and I think people want to follow those magazines or are looking for new magazines that are doing something like that that are not just following trends and not just um, being the new serial or being or, or just focused on the design but really about content and sometimes also a reflection of what is happening, like the feminist movement, or uh, now there's a new magazine from Switzerland, I think it's um, Migrant, yeah, so that's also quite deep and it's very promising, it looks like this magazine, that it looks beautiful, but apart from this, it has a lot of content and um, the people that make it really know what they're doing, um, so I think that's basically what, uh, what makes it. And then it would be a balance between like the visual sort of beauty of it and the editorial content like I think that sometimes when I think about our my own project like I think that I would find it difficult to define okay like what is more interesting than what like is it are people more attracted to the visuals of it or are they more attracted because for instance when I read a magazine I get tired of reading very easily and I would be attracted more by the visuals of something whether that is photography or you know so I'm also wondering how what in your opinion what do you think attracts more the content or the design um, I think the design in the first place. Um, yeah, there are a lot of magazines that are really well designed, and 
maybe in the end when you read them the content is not so exciting and you were maybe uh, attracted to it by a design um, it does help a lot um, I think uh, there's a good example of a Dutch magazine that uh, became very successful Das magazine it's a literary magazine um, and they started five years ago at a time when literary magazines were dying or shrinking um, and they they came with a magazine that is designed really well uh, the content is really good and they reached a really young audience um, their print run is, is thousands um, they really grew big they are headlining uh, a music festival the biggest music there are no they do a, a program uh, in one of the biggest music festivals in Holland Lowlands um, which is uh, was what unthinkable five years ago and what they did right one of the things I think they did right is they wanted to publish a magazine but they looked at the magazines they liked as a consumer so they looked at independent magazines mainstream magazines literary magazines but also other mag fashion magazines and said what are the uh, the things about magazine that we like and we will integrate it in our new magazine uh, it's a literary magazine and um, but in this case we think we will reach the audience uh, that is similar to us and they they became really big and uh, it's uh, very admirable how they did that but and that <coughs> and in this case they also stayed like a lot of literary magazines are a bit boring academic and they state no design is as important as the content because um, it's not shallow, it's something that is also part of the magazine. Yeah, and uh, they just collaborated with a great <coughs> studio. Fruchtvlees yeah. is, I mean, is great, and, and they, they're very trendy, and that really works well. Yeah, and they had the identity, um, the design made their identity from the beginning because they worked with this studio, and they were fully yeah. formed when they started with the first issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in the broader sense that all the events they also did that also helped a lot. I yeah. mean, to you know, yeah, to get it out there, gain a big readership. Uh, yeah, it's it's in this. Uh, they did everything right. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they started off with a crowdfunding, <coughs> which is really great. Yeah, they are really Move. modern because they yeah. work. They, they they exist online. They exist live, and they exist in print. So those three aspects they include in being a magazine, and that that's also works but a lot. I, I'm curious. To, uh, in the last five years, did you uh, notice a decline in uh, sales of like these typical uh, magazines being a super clean photograph on front, up front, title there? An increase? No, decline in decline. In yes, sales. Uh, Is yeah. it like people getting uh, bored get with, that? with it? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah, I okay. think uh, people. Like yeah, that's yeah. a good example. Yeah, it's the most, the biggest one. Yeah, I think people mm. definitely uh, are getting bored with this. And then there are also a lot of new magazines that are much more in your face and uh, not calm and n um, like. Uh, more punky in their design, yeah, and that's oh. really nice to see. I'm really happy okay. with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, yeah, but you get tired of that eventually as well. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a question? But you said that Dust Magazine no. has uh, thousands of prints, yeah, it's doing really well. And we were just talking about how it just started uh, coming out in English, yeah, previously it's always been in Dutch. Is the success from the Dutch magazine, or uh, is that a, a new thing with the English? Do you think there's enough readership in in the Netherlands to be only printing in Dutch? For Das magazine? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also Belgium. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. 
<laughs> I, I think like a, a literary magazine would have 300 or 400, 500 copies. Yes. So that's that would be normal for, and that would be already quite a big uh, literary magazine. So yeah. if you are talking about thousands, then you are, yeah, you are, you really have a readership, and they, as a company, I think they are independent and they are sustaining themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's super nice to but see it, it's not yeah. expensive and it looks slick, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to buy. It's an easy to buy but object. But I also had, had a readership that's really specific. And I think answering your question as well, what sells is um, like a really obvious specialism or a, a showing a passion in something. We're completely bored of these broad magazines that try to give you everything, like Monocle or so forth, that try to tell you what's going on in the world. Yeah. People mm. want And I think local. for a niche, it's also, I mean, yeah, for if you if you're gonna do a niche magazine, you I think you really have to do it in English. It doesn't work in Dutch. Or just have images. Yeah, and yeah. and maybe be something that you can keep as well, yeah. like the stories in Das Mark, because you can read them two years afterwards yes. as well. Yeah. I, I should say we I, I asked the uh, Twan 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 from Das Mark, and he's out of the country unfortunately at the moment. So um, otherwise he would have been in the room and could have spoken for himself. <laughs> 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 Do we have any more questions? Yeah. Um, it's a question in four parts, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got four people. Right. We're gonna do. <laughs> um, it starts with the, just the premise that it feels like it's a quite an elitist medium. Um, so my first question is, do you agree with this? Um, should, is that something that we should change? Why do you think that is? And uh, how do we make it more democratic? To your point before of like, oh, people who are not feminists don't necessarily read these magazines. Um, should we aim for something more democratic? It's, <laughs> in, 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 I mean, okay, yeah, I don't know, can I? Yeah, in, I think in art, in general, it's, as an artist, you should always, I think you should always aim for being popular not just to be popular just to be <laughs> oh look at me Kanye you know but really just um, so you can reach a lot of people I mean that's democratic right if you can reach a lot of people it's uh, so I think uh, being popular works for that so you I think as an artist you need to be popular and have a really great message which can convince people to think differently if you can do both you're a great artist right for like in, in, a, in a political sense or maybe in a, like a humane sense, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I think about it. And if you translate that to making magazines, you can, you can probably make like a, uh, something like, I mean, if Dasmark, Dasmark is okay popular, so if they do a lot of, uh, s talk a lot about uh, maybe racism and sexism and what else is wrong with the world, uh, then uh, yeah, they, they reach also more people and maybe convincing them to think differently. But yeah, I mean, still, it's not a lot of people, a few thousands. You, you, you want to reach an entire country to convince them to think differently, of course. So maybe a magazine is not like the greatest object to do that. That's what I think. I, I'd say as well that, <clears throat> so I, I think a magazine doesn't have to be elitist. I mean, if you think of uh, the free sheets, um, I, I don't know how many you have here, but the, in Britain, that's really starting to grow as well. So the number of things that are being given out for free 
at like train stations and stuff like that and most of that is coming from the mainstream because they're ad funded and all the rest of it but we are seeing some interesting independent stuff as well and I mean the whole point of that is that it's the most easy to pick up they're like you know it's given to you it's disposable you don't feel any pressure to keep it or you know they're like you don't have to a, a magazine doesn't have to be like MacGuffin which you're going to want to keep on your shelf for the rest of your life they're, you know you can do something much more disposable yeah but we also want to reach as, as many people as possible because we're passionate about what we're doing and we don't make any money as well, so we're not elitist in that. One question I have is, one thing I like about magazine is with, about the quality of the printing. And, you know, and, and there must be a difficult balance strike in between producing a nice medium where you can produce everything on and the cost mm-hmm. that it gives. It. And how do you balance that? Because I guess as yourselves being demanding people for all your work, you want to get the best output and the best paper and the best printing that you can, but you also have to struggle with that business side of it. How, how do you deal with that? Oh, we deal not so good with that, I think. <laughs> 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 I mean, we have, um, yeah, we, we don't have a very good business plan because we have, uh, we invest a lot in materials. The paper we're using is very expensive uh, and uh, and but we wanted to have a bulky nice paper um, we go to a printer in the Netherlands which is far more expensive than going to Belgium or China or whatever but we want to be there to check all the prints and go there with the graphic designer etc so um, yeah I think for us um, it's it's something that we want to invest in and that um, we think eventually leads to a better magazine. Um, um, but uh, yeah, sometimes it's difficult. And the other thing is that <coughs> we're so bulky that we're very heavy. So postal costs are really like <laughs> sky high. Um, but yeah, we, we always, um, um, that's, uh, that's the, the mantra we have from um, Tina Brown, the famous editor who said, um, if you don't have a budget, have a, have a point of view. And um, that's, that's <laughs> something that we try to have all the time and then get the money around it to, mm. to make it happen. Yeah. So you're actually just doing the most extreme thing every time. Like, <laughs> you want this kind of paper, do this kind of paper. You're just doing it every time. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing it and okay. it's, it's very difficult. And, yeah. and, and right now we're talking to the, to the paper producer to see if they can sponsor us or, you mm-hmm. know, we have to find ways to make it happen. But, um, yeah, we don't want to uh, compromise on that. Mm. No. But it does not necessarily have to be the most expensive paper. It's no, of course not. Yeah. Paper. Yeah. Most fitted to what we, what we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get it, but no compromise yeah. still. Yeah. No compromise. If I had a pound for every time I had no compromise <laughs> from an independent publisher. Okay, I think, should, we, should we say one more question before we finish up? Uh, I wonder if you see some niche that it's not covered. When I think about like um, what is happening, for example, in the internet, like we have, we have a lot of um, movements for young girls. There's like feministic movements for young girls, like Rookie, for example. It's very, it's an internet magazine, so I don't know if you consider it as a magazine, but it's super popular. Super, super popular, right? They're like, I don't know if you know it. 
Rookie? Rookie, yeah. This is like a feminist, American feminist uh, magazine for girls. And it's doing an amazing job because it's like for young teenagers, like for 12 years old or something like this. Mm. It's like, it, has, it has amazing pieces, super smart, like very encouraging and powerful. And I never see anything like this happening in paper. And I, I think it's probably because 12 years old doesn't really have money for buying magazines. <laughs> but maybe, I don't know, maybe this is some kind of niche. I don't know if you can say anything about that. If you have any opinion about like some kind of. I think Mark would know. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, there there was a magazine. There's a new magazine, Sofa, um, but that's not just about um, teenagers. No, but the first <coughs> issue was the first issue was about. There's also the a teenage girl making. Oh. Recents, recents pictures. Recents, yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. And so the so I I I guess that whereas like with. Whatever, uh, Tavi Gevinson, I think, is it yeah. from Rookie? So I mean, you know, she had a blog yeah. to start with, and the blog kind of got bigger and grew from there. So I guess that's just a much easier progression for her to like keep making. You you know, to make a magazine, you need to put that money into it to make it happen. And so with um, I can't remember her name. It's terrible because. She's gonna kill me. <laughs> but the, the, the girl, the girl who makes uh, recent paper, I mean, she is like a force of nature. I think she starts. So she had a blog when she was like twelve, and then when she was like fifteen, made her own print mag, and now she's like seventeen or something and still going. Mm. But I mean, that's really unusual, mm. you know, to be that dedicated, mm. that age. But what was it you asked about niches? What's it? I mean, is uh, yeah, because I just see that as a, like um, you know uh, something that is not I don't really see anywhere because most of the magazines that I like and I see are I think they're dedicated to basically one kind of people. They just have some several you know fields of interest, but basically one kind of people, one <coughs> age of people, maybe more or less. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing like before, and nothing after. You know, nothing for uh, early teenagers and nothing for like seniors or something like this. At least I don't see it. Maybe it's just because I don't look for it. But. Uh. Yeah, but still, there's a lot of niches to be covered, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can do we can do a lot of things. What? Yeah, I think senior citizens they don't, they don't have an independent magazine yet. No. So <laughs> and in ten years it will be booming. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a lot of senior citizens. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but make right. it in big print. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're finishing off by looking to the future. Ten years' time, we'll all come back and make Senior Citizens magazines. <laughs> it's um, a nice title as well. Okay, uh, listen, thank you very much um, for coming. Thanks all to you um, for coming, and uh, I hope you'll stay with us to have a couple of beers afterwards. Cheers. Thank you. Okay, that's all for this week. Thanks again to all the speakers and everyone who came down to Make Aversity in Amsterdam last week. We had a really great time chatting and having a drink afterwards. Um, I'd like to say a particular thanks to everyone who used the code PODCAST last week. Um, I mentioned at the end of last week's episode that if you use the code PODCAST, you get our best discount rates on a, a stack 
subscription and six people did it which doesn't sound like many <laughs> but it's loads so i was really pleased about that thank you very much and of course we're leaving the code open so if you're listening to this and thinking you'd like to give stack a try uh, go to stackmagazines.com and sign up using the code podcast a big thanks also to everyone who shared and liked episodes last week uh, i'm very aware that the episodes once they're up they stay up forever basically and it's really great watching people going back to old episodes uh, and sort of saying nice things and and sharing them with their friends Um, so if you've enjoyed this uh, please go to soundcloud and search for stack magazines and you'll be able to join in with all the sharing and following and stuff like that or of course if you just want to listen to this on your uh, iphone go to itunes and you'll be able to find us in there we should be in kind of all podcast places so if you can't find our podcast somewhere just drop me an email uh, it's steve at stackmagazines.com and i'll see if i can get it in there um okay that's it for this week so thank you for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode